This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Went to Mo Kings Mellow, the podcast that follows the fantastic Chelsea FC women's team. After another international break, Chelsea were back in action away to Everton in the WSL. Chelsea travelled without their manager Emma Hayes, who had undergone an emergency surgery and was at home resting. Under the guidance of Paul Green and Denise Reddy, Chelsea looked on the whole like a team not feeling the effects of having a huge presence like Emma Hayes missing as Spanilla Harder making her first start of the season headed Chelsea in front. An Everton equaliser could have set the cat amongst the pigeons but Chelsea composed themselves and a harder penalty and a last-minute solo run by Neve Charles secured all three points for Chelsea. Tougher tests are yet to come this week, in fact, the Blues without Hayes on the touchline. But if anyone was questioning how the team would get on without her instructing her team, they were given a comprehensive response. And the title of tonight's show, Went Smoking's Meadow, episode 87, is Harder Without Hayes. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Nice little play on words, wasn't it? Learning from Chidge a lot. Uh, now, remember, you can listen live to the show every Tuesday at 8pm UK time by heading to Mixler.com. That's M-I-X-L-R.com and searching for Went to Mo Kings Meadow. Uh, you can follow us on there, then you get a notification that we're live and you can listen along live and you can also join in the chat on the live chat page um, as Buffer73 is from Savoy, France. There you go, Dave. Nice. Got your destination there. Yeah. International podcast these days. Um, now, on the show this week, in part one, we're going to discuss Denise Reddy's, or should that still be on Hayes' team selection, uh, Rural Wastefulness in front of goal. And then in part two, we're going to look at Harder's penalty, uh, sorry, Harder's quality, impact on the impact of the subs, and discuss Emma Hayes' NFL-style leadership. And then in part three, we're going to look ahead to the return of the Champions League with our away game against PSG this Thursday. Uh, now, it's not just me, your host, Dean, on the show. There is... Of course, my co-host Jane and Dane. Jane, good to see you. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Good to see you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. When I move my position properly. Um, yeah, I'm good. Uh, Dane, good to see you as well. How you doing? 
Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, really good. Nice Sunday win for both our women's and our men's team. Uh, yeah, so really good. Really pleased with that. Really optimistic about that. I was on the men's fan cast with, with Chich on, on Friday. It was nice to be back on there. I think of a hiatus of about three months and it's nice to get this going again. And now the broadband's kicked in, everything's fine. You can start rolling out some podcasts. Yeah, I did the Monday on the fan cast for the first time. Yeah, he said, yeah, he said... Uh, he said, and then I, I tried to sell the Chronicle quickly, just I remembered because I messaged you and tried to get as much information as I could. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's nice. It's nice to roll out. You know, obviously, it's a shame that obviously the World Cup's coming up, but obviously it won't stop for, for the women. But uh, we'll be able to roll out quite a few episodes while the men will be, obviously, the men's side will be paused. Yeah, with a chance for the women's play at Stamford Bridge. Which you, have you bought your ticket yet, Dane? Did you message me about that? Yeah, lots of times. Yeah, I think I did. Yeah, bring the family. Um, now, Dane, me and Dane were both busy Sunday, not together, separately. Um, but you was at the game. Could you just describe to me what Walton Hall Park is like? Because it sounds lovely. Literally, you're in the middle of a park. I could have sat in the park and watched the game through the fence. It's just, it's a bizarre place. Um, and just, yeah, the whole, the whole ground's weird. Could you have sat on some swings there and watched the game? There was no swings inside. Oh. It was just a hill. <laughs> then it was a park. Yeah, but it's well, in Liverpool. Further out, there's a park. Oh. Yeah, it is in Liverpool, so anything not bolted down, they do take. Uh, but the stadium well, the club, is still standing. The club did take us on the coach to Goodison Park. They pulled up outside and they stopped. I was like, do they do realise we're not playing here? <laughs> and the coach drivers had been given the wrong address and then we luckily it was only sort of like a five minute drive but they were adamant we were playing at Goodison well at least I was at the right men's club <laughs> um, that yeah been... that is a good thing what was what's the atmosphere like inside a well, I wouldn't say a stadium but it's not a stadium like that because it's obviously quite open air probably you lose a lot of the acoustics that you get at Kings Meadow um to be fair, the atmosphere inside was quite loud. Like you did hear the Everton fans quite a bit, sort of chanting and cheering. Um, but it all did sort of seem to like quite a couple of times. It sort of went sort of dead quiet. And obviously, being so close to the players, you sort of hear everything they're saying. Yeah. Well, I watched it back on FA Player, and where you were stood was a prime TV spot. A lot of airtime for you and the family there. Um, now, I am having a cup of tea out of my in Emma We Trust mug this evening. Um, nice. what, what was it like without her at the touchline? Was it noticeable? Um, I noticed it because I felt like, felt like it was quite quiet, sort of. You normally hear Emma in the games quite a lot, sort of shouting and stuff like that. But I felt like you definitely noticed she wasn't there. I don't think I've ever been to a game that she hasn't been there. Um but we did all right, and she was. I think they were sort of on the phone to her, so she sort of was there in, was there in everyone's ear. Did anyone seem more like in charge of the other one? Were they? Was it was Denise and the other guy just both standing front and centre? I think I don't think I saw them sort of standing at all. I think they were just sat down, sort of. Oh, okay. Maybe it felt a little bit awkward for them as well. The whole like, no, I did. I sort of wasn't really watching sort of over that way, so. I didn't really t- take much attention, but I think they were they were quite calm throughout it. They didn't seem to be sort of worried at all. Yeah, yeah well, normally it's um, Stuart, the goalkeeping coach, that does the shouting on the touchline. Mm. Um, he's always next to Emma. Um, um, Denise is there on the bench, and then Tanya sits in the box up 
above the dugout yes. when Owen yeah. watches. And I think she's on the phone to Stuart because he always has an earpiece in. Um, obviously a different setup, but it was good to see uh, we got the win. It was also a good game to see that both the men's and the women's team had their get well soon, Emma, on the warm-up shirts, wasn't it? Great for Yeah, you. really nice. Yeah, you can tell. Yeah, you know, we got we got an insight last year when 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 Emma, Emma Hayes and Thomas Tuchel come together for for for, for quite a few photographs and chat, and they were both like really complimentary for each other. I think they was together at an awards do as well. And it showed the, the, the togetherness of, of the club. Uh, at the time and how it should be really because you know you know it's been mentioned a few times on social media oh you know if, if Chelsea have won you know it's it's it, it's always sort of you've separated the men's and the women's team instead of us being as a club together and it and it's 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 clear by some of the rumours coming out that even uh the Todd Bowley Clearache new consortium like really want to want to take the women's team on even further you know apparently they're not happy with with certain conditions and certain things that have been done and certain things that have been ignored so you know if, if he's got that attitude already early on and uh it was always great as well early on that the, the first signing was by the by by the women's team uh so yeah really good signs for the future yeah jane i suppose everyone's probably concerned or maybe a bit sort of worried about what the new owners are going to do with the club as a whole. But this sort of thing seems they're carrying on that one club mentality that, that Roman had in his tenure. And, you know, like we said, like Dane said, obviously, I don't know if you see this actually, but Man City won the club of the year at the Ballon d'Or Awards. We won it the year previous and we had our image that the club made with both the teams on it and Man City's just had their men's team. So it shows that we're still going in the right direction in that sense, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's nice. And I saw that thing about the City thing, sort of winning the club thing, but they just sort of included their men's. And it was nice that sort of the men wore the warm-up shirts as well. When we got there, I sort of, I heard someone say the men were doing it. And then a lot of us did say, like, sort of, we'll believe it when we see it, because I don't think many of us sort of believed it would happen. I know I, I sort of heard it and thought, oh, maybe they will, maybe they won't. But it was nice just to sort of show their support. And sort of Everton did an announcement as well, just to sort of wish her the best as well. So it was nice. Yeah, a buffer on Mixler said he felt sorry for Denise having Emma in her ear for the game. <laughs> she was probably better than the second half because the first half we weren't great, but second half we got better. Anyway, we are going to take a quick ad break now. And then when we come back, we're going to get into all the action as the game unfolded. So we'll be right back. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. Welcome back to Went to Move Kings Meadow. Let's get into the action and start with the lineup. Chelsea starting in a 4 3 3 ish formation uh, with Anne Katchenberger in goal, Eve Perisay, Mini Bright, Kadisha Buchanan, and Magda Eriksson in defence. Aaron Copper anchor the midfield of Jesse Fleming and Penilla Harder with Guru Wrighton and Lauren James supporting Sam Kerr in attack. Chelsea used four of their available subs, bringing on Johanna Ritten Canrid for Penilla Harder in the 61st minute. Bethany England and Neve Charles came on for Sam Kerr and Guru Wrighton in the 77th minute. And in the 81st minute, Sophie Ingle replaced Lauren James. This left Sachira Musevich and Nick Nowen, Jess Carter, Katrina Svitkova and Marin Mielder as the unused substitutes. Uh, Stats-wise, Chelsea had 50% possession, 22 shots, 
eight on target, four corners and six fouls to Everton's 15% possession, 10 shots, one on target, four corners and 12 fouls. Um, Jane, I did a Twitter poll in the morning, sort of people could pick the lineup, and it was exactly that, apart from uh, Frank Kirby was selected ahead of Lauren James. Obviously, didn't know she wasn't available for the game, but sort of an expected lineup, wasn't it? Yeah, I think sort of there was no surprises there. It was sort of a solid lineup, and you expect who started. I was shocked about Fran. Obviously, I think I feel like they always keep Fran sort of illnesses, and when she's sort of not available, quite hush hush. But I'm hoping she is sort of fit to fly to Paris tomorrow with the team. And I expect we sort of find out tomorrow what the flying squad is to go to Paris. Yeah, it's um, obviously these sort of things we don't get to know because they don't like to tell us um, or obviously let the opposition know ahead of time um, what's going on. But um, Dane, it was good to see Penilla Harder in the team for the first time of the season. Yeah, it was. It was good. It was. Uh, it must have been the aim to get, get an hour. Uh, luckily, she got, you know, good energy in the legs, you know, good run out, two goals as well, which is always a bonus. More important, obviously, is the fitness uh, at the end of the day, also the win. But yeah, it's good to see her. You know, she's, she's, she's an important player. She's, you know, one of the world's best. It's nice to to, to get those minutes in before a big Champions League game, uh, you know, going over to Paris with, with, with confidence. And yeah, sometimes, you know, when... It, your preseason's mucked up a little bit, uh, and then you missed the first couple of games. I remember Joe Cole talking about years ago that can have a like a, a bit of an effect on the body for the rest of the season. So hopefully she's just like a naturally fit athlete, and uh, she'll just go back into her stride like like usual. Yeah, she showed her importance obviously in this game as well. Um, Jane, the other thing from the lineup was a, a full debut for Eve Perisay. Obviously, she's come off the bench a couple of times this season already, but a better look at her. What did you sort of make of her? as on the whole? Um, I think she had a really good game. When I sort of saw her in the Euros, I was excited to sort of see her play a full game for Chelsea. And what we had seen of her already was sort of a good start. But I think after Sunday's game, it sort of shows what she is capable of. Yeah, I think she was quite impressive in this game, actually. And uh, a good option to have, especially if you've got Lauren James ahead of her when she cuts inside, you know, someone that's willing to go down the flanks and get some crosses in is always good. Um Dane, I know you haven't seen the full 90 minutes, um, but it was a bit of a slow start from Chelsea. Quite sloppy passes, Everton pressing really well. But one player in particular that stood out, sort of giving the ball away more than others, was Millie Bright, who last season sort of played sort of every game, was solid for England as well in the Euros. Do you think maybe she's maybe played too much minute, too many minutes? Possibly, you know, as you say, you know, there's a lot we don't know, whether it be niggly injuries, whether it be aches, whether it be pains, whether it be personal stuff, you know, we're just so used to addressing her as a beast and a, and, and a complete athlete who can, who, you know, when we try and predict she might be rested, she, she isn't, she's such an important player for club and country, uh, it's hard, you know, it's hard to keep up that consistency, it's hard to keep up those certain levels, you know, and let's not understate how how big she was, big of a player for England in 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 the Euros in the summer. You know, absolutely amazing. She she took her games to to even even more stronger levels than than, than what we've seen. To I thought she was she's she's probably our best defender if, if you're looking at it from without your blue tinted glasses on. But 
you know, luckily some 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 players can can have that sort of game, and we can still win because obviously the talent of the other of the other players take over. Yeah, I wouldn't look into it too much, but it's something to keep an eye on because you know we're used to her standards, which which are very high, and she'll have very high standards herself. She should be the first one to know, and probably put her hands up and say, well, "I didn't have a good game," but not dwell on it too much. And as we say, we've got such a big game coming up, but we need her and and all the other uh, ten players. Uh, with her on that pitch at the time uh, at their best. Yeah, as, as Chelsea Dagger said on Mixler, um, Lucy Bronze higher than Millie Bright in the Ballon d'Or range. So maybe that has affected her being that shocked that Lucy Bronze is the 10th best women's football player in the world. Um, Jane, what did you make of the start being there? Sort of Everton were attacking where you were standing. Um, it was quite a good start from Everton, wasn't it? We've got to give them credit for that. Yeah, I think they had a few good chances, but luckily we sort of managed to sort of defend the ball quite well. I did think a couple of times they was going to sort of get through and manage to score. Um, but I think overall, sort of that first half, it was it was OK. It wasn't obviously the best, but we did see a lot of action sort of down our end of the pitch. Yeah, you certainly got your money's worth uh, where you were stood. Um, now, Chelsea did sort of settle down and they did have the ball in the net, but Sam Kerr was offside. Uh, well, I think it was actually Wrighton was offside who crossed it to Sam Kerr. Um, and it came from Lauren James not releasing the ball quick enough, Dane, um, in the middle of the pitch. And it's something that I've noticed people criticise her for on, on Twitter quite a bit. Um, do you think that's a fair comment of her, that she, maybe she does hold on to the ball a little bit too long? Is it, well, is it is it a fair comment because, or is it just a comment that people have noticed because we haven't seen enough of Lauren to, to sort of understand the sort of player she is and the game she likes to play? Uh, I, I have no, obviously noticed she has been caught in caught with a ball at her feet a few times. Obviously, she'll turn into trouble, but she, she, she's a player. She's a footballer who likes the ball at her feet. She likes to try and open things up. She likes to do something. And unless it keeps on going wrong with her radar uh, regards to passing or, or crossing or shooting, whatever, then I'm never, I'm never one to criticise a player who's trying to do something. I'd prefer they try and do something within, obviously, the, the realms of, of not stupidness on on the edge of your box. You know, you're trying to do something, trying to make something happen. And obviously, in that in that in that in that moment of play, she she wanted to do something else. And the obvious thing to us on the uh, on the cameras and on the sidelines is, well, we'll pass it there or pass it there. But at that time, when you've got the ball at your feet, you think. You know something else is better. So yes, and like 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 Millie's form. You know something just to keep an eye on. As football fans, you know we'll have an opinion of of the player she's turning into and the player she wants to be. But yeah, slight negative. But yeah, there's so much more positives I'm seeing in her game personally, and I really like that she's just got that that forward thinking. That 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 first thought is always to try and do something with it and try and produce something, some sort of attacking intent. Yeah, I'm going to talk about her second half performance in the second part of the show. But Jane, what, what do you make of that? Because I think sometimes her playing style attracts some criticism because it looks like she's not perhaps making an effort, but that's just her style and the fact that she keeps the ball really well. But do you think she does hold on to the ball too long and it's that final pass, that final decision where she hasn't got the goal or assist yet? Maybe that's what's missing from her game? I think the sort of first sort of time I sort of saw her play, I sort of did think like she does sort of keep hold of the ball and she sort of keeps it at her feet and sort of doesn't want to do anything with it. But I feel like as she's sort of gone on and she's slowly developing, I have seen sort of another side of her. And I know in a few games she has been trying, she has been so close to sort of getting that goal. So I think it's just sort of taking time to settle into the team. Um, just sort of where she's not sort of used to playing with everyone, where she was sort of out for so long. 
Um, but I think sort of as games go on, she's getting better as a player. Yeah, like I said, we all want to talk about her sort of after Harder went off because I think there's a difference in her play. Uh, but we're going to do that in part two. Um, a player I want to talk about though, Dane, is Jessie Fleming playing sort of as his number eight in midfield. So not only was she very important in linking the attack, she also got back to help out Erin Cuthbert. Do you think that's her best role? Because a lot of people said they want to play her in the double pivot. Emma played her in the attack line last season. But do you think having that hybrid where she can go up and down the pitch is, is best for her? Yeah, I like her. I like her uh, more roaming within uh, within discipline, discipline to the position. I like, you know, the box-to-box uh, side of her game. And you're right. I thought, you know, when she was played in forward positions, it, it was a little bit too forward. And, and and in the double pivot, I think that's a little bit too deep. Yeah, if we, if we can play with 4 three, three, it, it literally suits. If you've got a sitting player now, which which Erin obviously is turning into, they're, they're trying to mould her into that. Ben or obviously going on who, who we failed to, to sign in, in in the summer, uh, one of the best defensive midfielders in the world. You know, if, if we've got that protection there, uh, then that's perfect for for Fleming to be that like that that, that second cog in the in, in in the third sort of wheel within that free in midfield, and then you've got the release of whether it would be James or Harder playing above her, and 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 how uh, Fleming will then sort of connect the the, the defense with, with Cuthbert and, and pass it on to to the forwards. Yeah, I really like her in that because she's got so much energy. She buzzes around, you know, similar to to, to Erin. Uh, Maybe not as much as biting the tackle as 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 Erin, but you know she can put her, put it about, and and she's a strong player for her size as well, and and her frame. So yeah, I really like her in that position. Yeah, Jade, I don't know if you remember a few weeks ago I posted a video I got sent on an email, which was Jessie as a, a girl in school. She was the best long distance runner in Canada, and she just says I, I love think... to run. Um, I don't do you know if that... I saw it or not. Yeah, she was about 13, I think, but she was winning all these records in, in Canada and she still holds them today, I think. But do you think that her natural ability to be able to keep running is best utilised in that, in that role and that's something we'll see more going forward this season? Yeah, I think the position she was playing in on um, Sunday sort of was sort of a good position for her. And I think it helps sort of being able to run and sort of just keep running um, sort of helps to play in that sort of position to help the team out as well. Yeah, a very good performance in my opinion from Jesse. And as Chelsea Dagger says, she's not signed a new deal yet, which is worrying uh, for me. Because that's a player we definitely want to keep. Um, How long? How long left? This season, as well as uh, Harder, Magda Eriksson, Aaron Cuthbert, all need to sign new deals this this season. Um, So it could be a big summer for Paul Green and his paperwork, (laughs) but we'll see. Uh, Let's talk about the goal then that came on the 36th minute. um, Penilla Harder heading in, Abdullah Wrighton cross. Um, Dane, an interesting sort of fact about Guru Wrighton was that up until Neve Charles scored, she assisted every goal that Chelsea has scored this season. What have you made of her start to the season and her performance in this game as well? Outstanding. She, she outstanding. She reached level. I mean, we did our end of season show and uh, or end of season episodes, the podcast. You know, I said I said that I thought she was a very good player before that. I think she's she's taken her game on 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 even more strides, and she's on she's she needs to be talked about in world class levels now. She, you know, we need to see this in the Champions League. Uh, or, or, or if we're going to be brutally harsh, she will lose her place because you know we've got so many talented players in that squad. Who, who need to produce uh, in all competitions. And she was arguably one of our best players last last season. And, 
yeah, outstanding. I'm so impressive at the moment. You know, there was so much action going on on down that down that left side, our left side, Everton's right. The, the, the ball in a bit of a deep ball, but I think Pernell was just just right side, just a little bit further. I think she was in line with the penalty spot. Mm-hmm. It's still a great header, but yeah, again, that's all on Guru. She can only do her job, you know. She, great close control, put the ball in. It was a great header, but yeah, so impressive Guru at the moment. She's she's probably this is probably the best we've ever seen her. Obviously, I haven't watched her career all out, so I, I don't know if it's the best she's ever played, but definitely in the Chelsea shirt. Yeah, her consistency at the moment and for the last, say, eight to nine months is amazing. I remember seeing an article last year about, about her goals and assists, which was completely wrong. People really need to do their research better if they're going to put things out there. But yeah, I'm so impressed with her. She's she, She's been amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Jay, if you look at the attacking players we've got, no, Kerr, Kirby, Harder, James, England, um, Fleming, uh, Camrid. But for me, Wrighton's the first name on that attacking team sheet, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd start her every game, sort of, without a doubt. I think she plays... I've not seen a game where she's not played well. Um, I feel like she's always free on the side and sort of... They struggle... To, for some reason, they struggle to pass over to her. But when they do pass, they sort of get sort of something out of it um but she's always consistent throughout yeah we always see her where we sit in the west stand when we're attacking the north stand is that yeah. right yeah she's always like no one near her and you're like just she's always call, she's always calling for it because she's free and they just pass it the other way yeah it's so annoying um then you mentioned harder's header which was absolutely superb um, but she was a little bit wasteful in that first half, missed a couple of really good chances um, shooting over the bar. Do you think that's just the case where she's not played much football? She only got 30 minutes for Denmark in the international break oh, in yeah. an hour yeah. on Sunday. Do you think that's just rustiness? Yeah, yeah, definitely rustiness. Sometimes you need to, you obviously you need to, your eye in and that comes with fitness and a few games, you know, we should be thankful she got two goals. I remember one of the chances you're referring to, I think, again, so good down our left side. I think this time it was Kerr running the channels and she put a ball across and harder, you know, time to run really well with a lot of space, like centrally and just, just put it over, I believe, and then, then sort of running, nearly running to Lauren James. But yeah, you know, you know, it comes with her, you know, we know how, how much of a technical finisher she is, how comfortable she is. And yeah, no doubt it will come. It's, it's, it's lucky. Luckily it's on a day like this when we've won three, one instead of a day where we've either lost or, or, or or Drew and we're like bemoaning the fact that we we put her in when she is rusty. Yeah, Jane, what did what did you make of that sort of first half from Harder? Because good, she's getting into great positions to to take the chances, but obviously disappointing that she couldn't find the back of the net. Luckily, didn't come back to haunt us on Sunday. But sort of a worry or not? It's a bit of a odd predicament, isn't it? Um, I don't think it's a worry. I think it's just sort of. She's not played at all all season for us, has she? No, I know she, it's only been like a month. Been but yeah, so I feel like sort of where this is her season sort of just beginning, it takes a while sort of for all players to sort of get into the swing of it again. So I think we don't need to worry sort of how she played on Sunday. And I think just come the next couple of weeks, um, we'll sort of see the harder that we all sort of know and know how she plays like. Yeah, someone is worrying me though, and Chelsea dagger on Mixler is Sam Kerr, and we're going to talk about her and the second half in part two after the break. But before we go to that break, 
I want to tell you about our summer series celebrating the 30th anniversary of the creation of the Chelsea FC women's team, which is available in full on our Patreon channel. Subscription costs £5 per month, and in return, you help support the show and get access to interviews with Tony Farmer, the man who created the team, uh, George Michaelas, who coached the team from 2002 to 2005, and the current Liverpool manager, Matt Beard, who was the manager before Emma Hayes. If you head to www.patreon.com forward slash Meadow. Uh, you can sign up there and listen to all the podcasts. Uh, so join us after this very short break. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Cheech. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. (laughs) It's all too much. (laughs) I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Ah, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Ginge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Real fans, real opinions. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews, and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. Welcome back to the, well, this is another third part, but it's actually part two of the actual show uh, of Went to Kings Meadow. Uh, we're going to get straight back into the action, which started with an Everton equaliser, which, James, is not the best way to start a half, is it? No, it's never sort of, it's always good to sort of score just before half-time, but then to come out at half-time and the other team to score against you isn't the best. And sort of the reason why it went in, sort of come off our players from a deflection, which sort of made it even worse. But we managed to bounce back from it, so that was the main thing. Yeah, Dane, it was sort of, Millie and Magda sort of going for the same header in a, in a crowded penalty box, that happens sometimes. Obviously, AKB makes a save and, and nothing Buchanan could do was there because I think she has struggled a bit this the start of the season to sort of adapt to the WSL. But in this game and in that instance, there was no blame on her, was there? 
No, no, no. There's no way she, she, it was impossible for her to get out of the way that quickly. You know, obviously, uh, and Berger reacted with her feet and it was, Kadisha was just too close to her. I, I did try and replay the goal quite a few times. I didn't know if, I think it was uh, Megan Finnegan who was behind Millie. I didn't know if there was a little sneaky little push in there, but put Millie off her stride and she was obviously quite close to Magda. So that was a, that was a problem. It's just like a little, a couple of little domino effect of errors, which was, as I said, a little bit out of our hands. I couldn't work out if it was a push, but either way, the the the, the, the estimation of, of where the flight of the ball was, was was a little bit off. And then, yeah, as I said, Berger tried to react to her feet and it just got off Kadisha and, and into the goal. And sometimes you need this luck in football, which obviously Everton had in this instance, but obviously they didn't build on it or capitalise on it. And obviously we uh, we got back into our stride afterwards. Yeah, just check that tint on your glasses. What colour is that? Oh, it's uh, it's blue. Whenever I'm on a podcast, okay, it is blue. <laughs> just checking that, uh, Jane. Yeah, sort of as you said, not the best way to start the half, but nothing really. But kind of could do. I did, what did you make of her performance as well? Because I thought she was actually one of the better defenders in the game. Yeah, no, I think overall she did have a good uh, game. It was just unlucky, sort of where she was standing and the way it sort of come off Burger. She couldn't have just disappeared and. It just it's just one of those things. But overall, she did have a brilliant game and I think she played sort of really well. And it's just sort of slowly sort of getting to know how the WSL works and how it's different to sort of league she's played in previously. Yeah, I think it helped that Everton weren't particularly physical up front. I think that's what she's really struggled with is some physicality. And she was able to get on the ball quite a lot and, and bring it forward, which she has been excellent at this season. Um, now, just five minutes later, Chelsea get their penalty. Uh, it's a good link-up play between Fleming, Kerr and Harder releases Guru Wrighton. Um, before we talk about Sam Kerr, Dave, I know those are blue-tinted glasses, but do you think that penalty was a little bit soft? Well, again, you know, I like to try and be uh, as, as sometimes as neutral as possible because you don't know who might be listening and they might point out, we don't obviously always remember what we're saying, what might, I don't want to be pointed out that like you, that these glasses might be blue tinted. Again, I, I like the uh, like the Everton goal. I, I did replay that, that that penalty a few times and I'm not going to criticise Guru after uh, praising her so much about 10 minutes ago. Uh, but I, I I was wondering if 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 you, if if Guru was it was expecting more of a touch or, or left her foot in. I could not prove it. Maybe my uh, my my video skills was, was not that good, or maybe there was a smudge on my screen, so I couldn't actually get to the bottom of it. So I think it was a nail-on penalty, actually. Yeah, the glasses were steaming up for the blue, which <laughs> couldn't see in, in then. Uh, Jane, that was obviously the other side of the penalty box to where you were stood. Did you get a good view of it? Because it looked like she was going away from goal quite a lot. And the goalkeeper touches her, but for me, it's a bit as if, if we get that against us, I'm quite pissed off about it. Um, I sort of saw some of it, so everyone sort of leaned forward, so it was a bit of a struggle. The way their goalkeeper reacted, uh, she clearly didn't think it was a penalty. She was very, um, she definitely said a few things she shouldn't have. Um, but I do think, I think we were lucky to be given the penalty. Yeah, so it's a weird one. It's a bit like um, the AC Milan for the men's game, game where Tamori gives away the penalty on Mount. And get sent off, and you're thinking, well, that's a bit harsh, but I suppose it's the rules, and sometimes they don't always make sense, do they? No, they don't. I, I, okay, if I'm being brutally honest, I think uh, the Tamori one was more of a penalty. You know, he 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 gave him a little little couple of tugs. He was completely in the wrong position. 
where the Everton goalie uh, was generally trying to come out, you know, to get the ball. And, you know, Guru was going away from goal. So if she had a road vat, road v arms, road for tackle or, or the body of the Everton goalkeeper, would she have been in, in a position to have, to have cut it back or would it have rolled out for a goal kick? It's a hard one. Uh, but yeah, it's some, you know... <sighs> If it were against us, sometimes I try to play like devil's advocate. If that's going against you, how much have you complained? How much will we have scrutinised it and, and shouted at the TV? But I, I believe, you know, and I know, sorry, it's really cliche, but I do believe that they sort of do come back round the whole season. Uh, they sort of even itself up, unless you've got uh, Anthony Taylor as your, your as the referee in, in, in most of your matches. I do think, you know, I do think it does even up. But as I said, I thought Guru was a penalty, so I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I suppose that handball against Millie Bright in the Liverpool game, where she's like right in front of her, then mm. they give that. Maybe that's come back for us in this one anyway. It was given, and Chelsea went 2 1 up because of uh, the harder finish from the penalty spot. And now I spoke about in the build up, Jane, that it was good link up play with Sam Kerr, but for me, that was probably the only time in the game where she linked up well with her other forwards. We spoke last week about her goal, sort of, it wasn't lucky, it fell to her kickstarting her season but it doesn't appear that way does it because she struggled again and I think she struggled all season and so it doesn't seem right does it I feel like she's not started the season as sort of the Sam Kerr we all know and love um I know she didn't play much for Australia because she'd been unwell so I don't know if she's still sort of carrying that over but I just feel like I feel like once you give her time she'll sort of be back to the normal self but recently I feel like it's just not is not the sound we know. And I feel like as well, she's always offside, which I hate to say, but every time the offside flag goes up, majority of the time it's been her. So um, I'm hoping in the next couple of weeks she'll be back to the scoring as normal. Yeah, Dane, it's a, a little bit of like a catch-22, isn't it? Where you've got a striker that's not in form, but the way to get them back in form is to start scoring goals. They can only do that on the pitch. So if you take them out because they're out of form, they're going to stay out of form. But you can leave them in and they can stink the place out for a bit. And she's been doing that. And we have seen England come on a lot sooner in matches than we did last year, where Sam was scoring lots of goals. How would you approach the situation? And what's your thoughts on, on Kerr? Big fan, always been a big fan. My 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 memory, I hope, is serving me correct and tells me that she does start the season slow. Uh, I'm sure the last couple of seasons, you know, she started off really slow. Lewis Stow missing lots of end, ended up uh Getting well into a stride and scoring lots of goals and being our top goal scorer. So I'm obviously not worried at the moment whilst we're winning. Obviously, I do believe as, as uh, you know, you made a good point, like double-edged sword, you know, if uh, do you wait for them to, to, to play themselves back into form or do you take them out? You have to look at what is the whole point of Bethany England being there. Is she just there as a super sub or, or a squad player or is she actually there as an important uh, a member of this of this team and and she deserves a chance. And if someone's not performing, then you you start with Bethany. I thought that's, that's odds on in you know in a sport in a sport game and we, especially with, with team team and everything. It, it, as I said, Kerr does Sam Sam does start slowly, but you know Bethany. We know how how good Bethany is and and amazing striker. So she she deserves a chance. And you know you do notice things. You know I've played so many sports myself. Uh, Luckily, I haven't had, had a lot of chance to sit on the bench, but I can only imagine that by, uh, by, 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 I'd be so frustrated if you if you know what you could bring and and, and you're seeing someone who, who who's not playing well. Sort of contradicting myself because I don't think uh, Sam Sam should should be dropped yet. But 
you have to look at it on both sides, like you said, and 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 the role of Bethany is is to be ready when called upon, and she and if she's to be called upon to to start, then you know it's going to be a bonus for us. Well, we're lucky because we're so stocked in in all areas, aren't we? And uh, usually, if, if we didn't have someone as good as Bethany, we'd be like, okay, well, we'll you know, easily Sam will just pay herself into form, but you know, we, we we've got the options if needed. Yeah, Jade, I know you're a big Bethany England fan, but would you take Kerr out of the starting lineup given how she's played? Or do you think because of who she is, she's found Kerr the best striker in, in the world, third in the Ballon d'Or last season? You've just got to play her, haven't you? Or do you make that big call and take her out? Um, I think I'd start her over Beth. I feel like Beth brings a lot when she comes on as a sub and she can impact the game quite a lot so I feel like I would always unless obviously Sam's injured or for any reason I would always start Sam over Beth yeah well we're headed into now sort of the Champions League starts on Thursday games in midweek games at the weekend so we're going to need the squad and it's whole so we might see um you know Beth maybe against Brighton maybe against Aston Villa so Sam can rest and recover and hopefully start scoring goals again because that's what we pay her for um talking of scoring goals um Penilla Harder got two in this game. That means that she is the second top scorer this season, despite only playing for 60 minutes, um, behind Frank Kirby with three goals. Um, Dana, I know we spoke about it a little bit earlier, but you know, when you've got someone of that quality and you know her level, it's just an, such a great bonus for the team, isn't it? And she where Fran had sort of led the team at the start of the season with Harder out, now Kirby's out. Harder's the one picking up that mantle because they are both sort of world class players. Yeah, yeah, and as, as Jane said, we don't know, you know, behind, you know, what's happening with Fran. If it's if it's a niggle, if it's an injury, if it was just a one-off or or what, you know, not a lot gets leaked out of leaked out of the, of the camp. Uh, but yeah, we we obviously we we knew what we was getting when Pennell signed. You know, she's a world-class talent, uh, a, a player, and uh, and 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 she's she massively impressed. Sometimes we've questioned, you know, her best position. You know, if you've watched her over the years, you know, she can play as a forward, you know, an attacking midfielder, left or right, you know, left or right wing. She does like to buzz around. You know, we're talking about Fleming being being a good uh, long distance runner. And I've no doubt, but so so it must must have Peniel, you know, you, you don't see her a lot just standing there with your hands on your hips uh, like, like, like some players. If we're talking about my, I mentioned my career earlier. So we're talking about me. I used to like to stand on halfway line with my hands on my hips and, and I wouldn't move much until the ball was past my feet. She's definitely not one of those players. And as I said, you know, with, with Fran being out and and being able to find an hour to get some fitness back in her legs was a massive bonus. And we know she can finish. You know, we talked about a little bit about the rustiness earlier, but we, we we've seen for a few seasons now her in the blue. Uh, how how good her finishing is, we're spoiled, you know, just like we was talking about with with, with Sam and, and Bethany, Fran not being there and Peniel and now Lauren coming into the team who's really, you know, really being given being given uh, more of a licence this season, a guru, you know, we're, yeah, we're very sport, very lucky. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, Harder went off after 60 minutes. She was replaced by Johanna Ritten, Canridge, Jane and that was probably her best performance of the season, JRK, on that right-hand side. She looked you know, a real threat against the Everton defence. And although I think the final pass was probably missing, a bit like we spoke about with Lauren James, but she made an impact. She hit the bar with a great shot, didn't she? And we sort of saw more of her in this 30 minutes than probably we have done all season. 
yeah, I think these 30 minutes that she paid, played sort of showed what she can bring to the team. She was so unlucky not to get a goal. Obviously, we sort of we saw most of the action in the second half, our end. So it was sort of frustrating for us to sort of see all these chances go in. Um, but I'm looking forward to see her get her a full game as well. Sort of show, now we know what she can bring. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how she develops as well. Yeah, and that sub date meant that Lauren James played the number 10 role in the middle. And I felt that in the 30 minutes she played in that position, she made more of an impact on the game. Do you think that's actually her best position where she can sort of drift to either side, pick up the ball and turn and sort of run rather than have to sort of produce the width and then we can allow players like uh, Canrid to do that? It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because, you know, a couple of well, the episode I was on a week or a week half, two weeks ago, I was talking about Lauren James and trying to understand her best position and what it will be and what she's going to grow into. Is she? We obviously know she's a forward in some capacity, but what if we're going to really label a position, what will be that? You know, we've seen sort of Pennell sort of been moved around uh, a few times. You know, when Fran first joined us, she was she was a proper striker and she's sort of like sat deep sometimes can go left can go right and and is that the uh, future for Lauren now I like I do like her in that number 10 role it's very sort of old school if you look back at some of the great number 10s of of the men's game especially when I was growing up if you call Roberta Baggio like Hadji Stokovic all, all these sort of players that sorry Jane's thinking who the freaking hell it is but they 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 would have that license to you know just play off play off the uh play off the strike or play behind the two strikers and you, you like you say go left or right go central you know absolute freedom a bit of a free role and I do like that with Lauren uh you know we, we talked a couple of weeks ago about assists and goals you know they have to come if you're a forward especially in Chelsea you know that because that will get pointed out but I'm liking what I'm seeing it's just I'd like to know the direction and it's interesting to know what 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 plans Emma has in store for her because we saw the bedding in last season didn't we and this season she she's 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 put her up another level similar to Fleming you know Fleming bedded in a lot and we was questioning what was going on there and then and and her second season she was she was in the spotlight and in that in that starting eleven a lot more. So we're seeing that with Lauren, and it would just be interesting to know. You know, it might take us a good couple of seasons because she's still still such a young player, starts especially her career in the game. So it'd be really interesting to see, you know, where if she beds down a position or she just floats around based on the formation. Yeah, that the preseason game against Tottenham where she played as a number eight alongside Harder. So it's cut but harder James in midfield, and there was really attacking, and she was able to get the ball in those areas and still have players like JRK and um, who played up front that game? Was it Beth or was it Sam? So long ago. Uh, I think it was Sam. Yeah, someone played up front, but you've still got all these quality players ahead of them and those in midfield. And I'm looking forward to seeing that against the low block team because obviously that was supposed to be the team against Liverpool until Harder got injured and then Emma changed everything, um, had a bit of a meltdown. But um yeah, an interesting one. We're going to see also as the season progresses where she does fit. Um, another player, Jane, that I want to ask where she fits is the goal scorer of the third goal, Neve Charles. Uh, when she came on, she played left midfield. She was playing wing-back last season. And obviously, we've sort of swapped formations a bit, so there's not really wing-backs anymore. Um, a great goal. Obviously, you would have seen it in a really good position. What did you make of the goal and, and her when she came on? She was just so like composed. Obviously, she had, I think she had three players around her, and then obviously the goalkeeper. But she just sort of kept it cool, and she just sort of 
I feel like she sort of stopped for a minute and then like sort of went round and then sort of went to like when and then kicked it. I feel like she could have kicked it a lot sooner, but she sort of waited and sort of ran round the players and then sort of kicked it. And I think she just she had a brilliant sort of I don't, how long did she come on for? The seventy fifth minute. Fifteen minutes she had, yeah. Yeah, so she had fifteen minutes and she had a good fifteen minutes. I feel like with the new players sort of coming in, we're not seeing as much play time with our previous players. Um, but the position she did play in, I felt like she played well in that position and I'd play her there again. Yeah, uh, Dan, it's an interesting one, isn't it? It's like I want to look at, um, sort of, if I get five minutes, um, where she does fit in this formation, where we can get the best out of her, because she she played the opening game of the season at left-back um, or left-wing-back, which didn't work at all, but a bit where she hasn't got that defensive um, sort of responsibility as much and... She could come inside a bit. She could overlap. She seemed to fit much better there. But where do you think Neve Charles fits in this team? Oh, dear. It's it's another one. You know, it, it's you, you get these sort of players, especially when you're a successful team like Chelsea. And no doubt, you if 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 we really uh, looked into it, to other successful clubs who are regularly winning trophies, you have these certain players who sort of like come in, and you you never sort of find out you know, what position they are, what, what's their favourite position? Because they sort of just do a, a really good job in, in in plenty of different positions. You know, we saw her in recent years at wing-back as well. We've seen her centrally. We saw her more forward. I think she was more forward when she was on loan uh, before she came back to Chelsea. And uh, it's a hard one. I do like her centrally. I thought she took her goal really well. Uh, I know, uh, I think two of the defenders were playing catch-up and... and uh, I think I mentioned Finnegan before with the push on Millie. I think it was Finnegan who was like, who was chasing, who was like really not in, in not in a good position defensively and was like just 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 kept on dropping back, dropping back. And she took a goal actually quite well. It's a good individual goal, right? Really good close control, you know. Uh, and then obviously the play just opened up for her and she found herself in the box. I do like her centrally, but you know, as we talked about the strikers before and the forwards and the wingers and and, and other attacking players, it's gonna be hard to get into in in there and cement cement a, a place down so if she's happy at the moment then just getting in where she can and and whether it be left or right or or central or or, or more forward than left or right you know if she's happy with that then fine but you know you, you've got to understand the individual players aspirations she was in the england squad uh last season but she didn't make the euros did she she got she won right. the ones that got cut, and if if she has massive ambitions to play in playing internationally, which most players do, and she might she might want to look to 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 to, to make a move, but I have no idea. You know, I thought Bethany might go in the, in the summer, so I got that completely wrong. It's all about the individual. But if she's happy with that and she can fill in, she's comfortable. Some players like to cement the spot, know where they're playing each week, but she's happy with that. Then I'm happy with that because I haven't got a clue. I just know she's, she, you know, she's got good energy. She's a good player. She's trustworthy. She can be relied on. And at the moment she's, you know, without sounding harsh, she is a squad player. Uh, but at the moment it's only coming on really as, as a sub. Yeah. I mean, she's not the only player either in the squad to be in that sort of position. You've got like Jess Carter who had the season of her life last year. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. She and signed a new contract. She, she hasn't, she hasn't started this year. She hasn't come on, has she? Or? I think she's come on. She's come on as a sub. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I was shocked that she signed a new contract. Mm. That's yeah. a big come down from how big, uh, important. She had a great season last season. And even a Nick now, and, you know, she made a good start last season. She came into the team and when Magda was injured and, and looked pretty good. She lost her place to Jess and now she's behind not just Jess, but 
Kadisha and Millie and, and Magda as well. So when's she going to play? And there's you know a few mm. players. But that's Emma's style on the whole, isn't it? To um, pull the rug from underneath the players' feet to make them uncomfortable and to to raise their games. Um, so that, that finished the game 3-1, Jane, in injury time. It was a tight game, but was you nervous at all? Because obviously I watched the game back knowing that we won 3-1, so I wasn't worried that Everton were going to score because um, I knew they weren't. But watching it, I never got the feeling that Everton were going to go and score. No, I wouldn't say I was nervous for the game. I say I'm more nervous to play Brighton on Sunday than I was for Everton. Um, because Brighton's always just a dodgy team to play. Um, but I feel like the whole game, even sort of when they got the equaliser, I wasn't. I was sort of quite confident that we were going to win somehow. Don't didn't know how, but we was going to get the three points eventually. Yeah, it just sort of felt like Everton weren't really doing much going forward. And although Millie was a bit shaky at the start, we sort of dealt with them quite easily. And they were never going to sort of win the game or even equalise at 2-2 to um, take a point from us. But, uh, Dane, what I do want to talk about is Emma Hayes' leadership. And I compared it to the NFL in sort of the opening segment of the show because she is a bit like a sort of the head coach. She's in charge. But underneath her, she's got sort of Denise Reddy, who's a first-team coach, Tanya Oxtaby, who's a first-team coach before they joined Chelsea and now assistants. It's a similar sort of setup, isn't it, where you've got people that can make play calls like offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators mm-hmm. without the head coach sort of looking over everything. Yeah. yeah. So that sort of set Chelsea up in a way, probably where you look at someone like Arsenal where they need Jonas Idevel on the touchline. Man United need Mark Skinner on the touchline. But for Chelsea, they, they didn't need Emma there to implement her game plan because she's got those that experience underneath her. Well, time will tell. Yeah, NFL and, and the tactics and, and the play side of it is a whole new level. Yeah, wow. I did look into it many years ago because it obviously intrigued me in, with, with the American side. So, but yeah, it's it, it's a lot more in depth than I suppose than, than it's than people might might think. But it depends as well. She actually, you know, you made a good point. But if she actually, when she's actually there and within the game, if she actually listens to them, if she, if if she goes, if she likes to hear an opinion, because you can be one of those people who likes to hear hear an opinion, but still go with what you know what she initially thinks. But it worked. It definitely worked on Sunday and. Obviously, you know, they're in the game because they're talented. You know what I mean? They're not going to be, you don't get to the levels of Chelsea coaching just by being a a yes man or a yes woman to to whoever's whoever's higher up. You're going to have opinions. You're going to have tactics. You're going to have views. You're you're going to put that across. And and we presume that Emma is very forward forward that with forward thinking. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. But yeah, I liked I liked how you looked at that. that that's a good that, that's a good way of looking at it. Obviously, there's there's a hell of a lot more coaches within the NFL game, and and uh, but yeah, yeah, that is a, that is an interesting view view way of looking at it. I liked it actually. Yeah, Jayla, I suppose you don't watch the NFL, but sort of when you get to games early, the Chelsea players are out for their warm up. Emma's not involved, is she? No, I don't think I've. She might like wander over. And then like watch them, but she doesn't actually sort of have an input, sort of to the game, to the warm up. Sorry, I don't think I've ever sort of seen her sort of manage the warm up. Yeah, so it's, but that sort of leads to sort of having those coaches that are able to do that. And I know it's not always the case for a warm up, but but being able to go to a place like Everton away without your manager and the team sort of 
put in a good performance. I thought they played well overall. Just testament to what Emma's built, isn't it, over those 10 years that got her to this position where she probably could take a week off. Yeah, it does show that sort of without her, we've still got, we're still solid. And I, Paul said as well, obviously, when Emma um, had her baby, I think it was in 2018, I think it was, sort of they coped then without her. So he's he's quite adamant that they're going to do fine regardless. She's obviously there, sort of, she is there, although she's not there. And I think we'll do fine without her. Yeah. Well, we have done fun without her now. It's a big test on Thursday. I don't think she's going to be available to go to Paris and coach the team in Paris, but she'll be involved, I'm sure, via headphone, um, satellite link, Zoom call. However, they'll get her her, her views on the game. Um, hopefully, it's a better camera than FA Player. So I don't know if you watch with that. That is shocking. One camera in a fixed position. Uh, but there we are. It's also her birthday today, so we should say happy birthday to Emma. I'm sure she's listening. I don't know if she's in Mixler. No, maybe under a different name. Yeah, maybe she's actually Chelsea Dagger 22. Um, <laughs> or Buffer 73. Or Rich B17. Could be one of you is actually Emma Hayes, but we'll find out maybe one day in the future. Um, now, we did do a player of the match vote on this game. Um, it was won by Penilla Harder with 66% of the vote. Guru Wrighton had 20%. Uh, Perisay had 9%. And JRK had 5% of the vote. Um, other results from the WSL then Saturday, Aston Villa lost one, uh, two one, sorry, to West Ham that involved the red card, the punch. Have you seen the punch? Was it a punch or was it more of a palm off? Or I think it was more of a slap than a punch, but mm. I think everyone's made out it to be a punch. And there was a punch up between the staff as well. Yeah, it all kicked off. Um, but that's West Ham for you. Um, then on Sunday, um, Man United beat Brighton 4-0. So Brighton are rested and ready to win 1-0 against us. Um, Man City beat Leicester 4-0. Spurs beat Liverpool 1-0. Uh, Drew Spence scored a Waldy. Did you see that? She didn't actually... Did she actually no, I don't think she scored it. Was or that? did she? Yeah. No, I'm there sure was, was one that. that she hit the post. No, I'm sure she hit the top corner. I'm sure oh, the tweet said Drew Spence goal and she scored. I'm sure. Anyway. Oh, I know she missed one, but I didn't realise she scored as well. Well, if not, I'm stupid, but I'm sure the tweets wow. said she scored. Um, <laughs> and then Arsenal beat Reading 1-0 in the late game. Um, that means the league table after four games looks like this. Uh, Man United are top on nine points. Uh, then you've got Arsenal and Chelsea second and third, both on nine points. Aston Villa in fourth on six points. Everton fifth on six points. Uh, sixth West Ham also on six points as are Spurs in seventh then you've got Man City eighth Liverpool ninth and Brighton in tenth all on three points and Reading and Leicester on zero points 11 and 12th um, I should actually say that it's Chelsea Everton West Ham and Leicester that played four everyone else has played three so Man United and Arsenal will have a game in hand over us um, in the league but early days so we still can come back from that um, we're going to take our final ad break now uh, before we do that I'm going to remind you that the King's Medal Chronicle launched issue one on Saturday it will be available at the Brighton game and all games going forward however if you can't make it to the games you can order a copy at www.kingsmedalchronicle.bigcartel.com uh, a PDF version costs £1 with physical copies available for £2 plus postage which varies depending on where you are in the world um, and how much that costs to get it to you, but it is available now. Uh, the link we'll leave in the description box. 
Um, we're going to go for a break now. We're going to come back and talk about the PSG game on Thursday because it's the big one. Uh, we'll be right back. Real fans, real opinions. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. Welcome back to the third and final part of this week's Wentz Mode Kings Meadow. Time now to look ahead to the return of the Champions League in the game against PSG. Um, Jane, you're actually headed out there, aren't you? Yeah, I'm heading out Thursday morning. It's going to be a long early start as well, four o'clock, and got to get up. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I remember doing, um, went to Rome, for Chelsea Roma, um, years ago. On and When we lost 3-1? Yeah, it got absolutely bad, and it rained all day. It was horrible. Well, it is meant, it is meant to rain and thunderstorms in Paris on Thursday, but it's going to be 22 degrees. Yeah, and we got attacked. Um quite a few times out there. Hopefully that doesn't happen in, in PSG, but their ultras are known um, to cause a bit of trouble with Chelsea women, aren't they? Hopefully they'll be they'll be okay. Yeah. Um, now, Dana, it's obviously the first game of the group stage. Um, obviously last year we had Wolfsburg and we drew 3-3 in a bit of a, a weird game. How important is this one, though, to start off the campaign? Yeah, very important. Uh as as we as we saw last season, you know, we we got didn't we was it correct? We got more points than Arsenal in, in group stages, and yet yeah, they qualified and we didn't. And it just goes to show you, you know, you can't take any of these for granted. Uh, although it was a, an abysmal uh, last couple of games in in, in the groups, you know, uh, if we can get our way with it with a draw, I'll take that now. Uh, obviously, but yeah, it's important to get off to a good start. Important to set out your stall early and and just see what levels you're on as well. Uh, compared to compared to the others, because you know, let's be honest, PSG will be there or thereabouts come the uh, later stages of the tournament. Uh, we played them before and obviously knocked them out, so it'd be nice to uh, get that first little notch of a win under our belt. But as I said, I, initially I'll be happy with a draw, but that, that's only <laughs> obviously if we beat them at home. Yeah, a comment actually on Mixler that Rich made earlier. He said that the PSG game is a litmus test to show how good we actually are. Our record away against the truly top teams, Leon, Bayern, Wolfsburg, PSG, yields just one win, which was played at a neutral venue, one draw and loads of defeats. Even if we don't win, avoiding defeat, I'd consider to be progress. Is that something you'd agree with, uh, Jane? Um, what do you think we need to win this game? I think we need to win it regardless. Just sort of to put us sort of in there for the rest of the group games for the Champions League um, obviously if we draw we draw but we definitely don't want to lose because I feel like it will sort of uh, it will push us more to sort of win the next games but I feel like we need to come away with a win Yeah obviously winning games is the easiest way to get out of the group um, and not losing <laughs> uh, goes without saying but I think we've I'm, I think I'm Dane on this one that a draw is enough away at PSG you got to be happy with that, I think. And then you obviously you got the home game at the end. Whereas last season, we had to go to Wolfsburg and get a, a result, which obviously didn't happen. Um, and we we drew with Juventus at home, 
And I think we can't afford to do that against Real Madrid or the other team, whatever they're not going to try and pronounce their name. Um, they're from Albania. Yeah, we're going to call them the other team in the group. Hopefully the one that everyone beats. Um, Dave, what do you think? Away from home, switch back to the 3-4-3 the with the wing-backs so they can slot into a 5 when necessary and be a bit more composed, maybe bring in Sophie Ingle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sophie is another one sort of lacking minutes this season so far. Uh, and yeah, I'd love her to come in to screen that, maybe even sit in a, in a, in a sort of like a double with her and as well as having the protection of the wing-backs. You know, when you've got the wing-backs of, of, of don't know if we could take the risk of playing Guru as a left wing-back. I think we could if we've got Perise as well as a right wing-back uh, and you've got the protection of... of, of of Erin and Sophie just just monitoring that that left side so, so so Guru can roam to an extent and when we haven't got the ball then we 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 sit nice and we're protected like a five maybe a seven sounds a little bit defensive but you know these are talented players who 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 have got the good energy and can can easily turn the, the ball from from defence into attack within within seconds so yeah I like that I like that it'd be interesting to see though if she if she does go with a with Sophie in there. I think that if we're going with a three and two wing backs, that is extra protection for our defence already. So then Sophie would be even more protection, which I like, which I like. Yeah, another thing you could do, Jane, is make it a three, five, two, so it's, it is more solid centrally. You can move Guru up front and play Perisay left wing back because she played there for uh, Bordeaux last season and played right back for France. You could bring in Jess Carter or Marami Elder. On that right-hand side, do you think that's being maybe too negative, though, and we need to have a threat going forward as well? Um, I don't know what you'd choose for the formation. I've not really sort of seen how PSG play, um, but I feel like with I feel like I'd stick four in the back just to sort of keep that defence in, just in case they do sort of try and attack the majority of the game. So if 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 if, if for argument's sake, so. Off my head. So if we had Ericsson, uh, Kadisha, and Millie as the three, Perisse as right wing back, you could have Guru as the left wing back with a little bit more license. And you had Ingle and, and Cuthbert sitting as a double pivot. That leaves three more up front of seven. So that means a three. So you could easily go with a Kerr and a Harder and a Lauren or even more Fleming if you're going to go even more and put her back in that sort of like position I said I didn't really like of hers where she was a little bit more forward so you, yeah so many options you know just off my head there yeah the concern on Mixer though is is the right hand side for PSG where they've got Lawrence and Diani um, so would you want to go with Guru and Magda as that left hand side or would you want to put I mean Chelsea Daggers have suggested Fitkova coming at left wing back I mean you've also got as I said Perisay that can play there do you think we need to shore up? Sort of well, if you've side? got the double pivot, as as we said, if we've got the double pivot of Aaron and uh, then their natural job is to screen. You know, if there's two of them sitting there, they're, they're screening their, their, their area centrally plus the right side. And if it's single on the other bit, then her area centrally plus the left side. So, you know, you've got to have ambitions to, to potentially win the game. I, I doubt Chelsea will be, you know, we can say it will be happy with a draw, but that's in, that, that would be obviously in hindsight to an extent, you know, Chelsea, one of the biggest teams in the world will have ambitions to win and they will obviously be working out the threats that they've got compared to the threats that uh, PSG have got. So they've got to have that sort of thinking of, well, if we get in this position, that position, if we release this, if we allow that. So it will be interesting, obviously like, 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 like all, the, all the chess sort of games beforehand. 
Yeah, I mean, Jamie, we always say that these sort of games do suit us because we can play, not defensively, but we can play on the back foot and then counter-attack forward quickly. It's something we know how to do very well and that might even play into you know, Sam Kerr's strength as well, you know, running in behind and using her pace. Mm. Um, it's an interesting setup, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is interesting. And we, we I feel like we're going to see sort of players play in different positions just to sort of fit in with the way PSG play. And I think this game is going to be good for Kadisha as well because obviously she's used to the way PSG sort of play and sort of how they sort of sort of run around on the pitch. So I feel like it will be good. I'm hoping she gets the start because she will sort of fit quite nicely into this one. Yeah, it's a good point, actually, with the experience of playing against them in France. Obviously, the Champions League is a bit different, but she'll know sort of most of the players. Talking of some PSG players, their form at the minute, they're second in, in the league. They played five, won four and drawn one, uh, scored 13, conceded four. Um, they won 3-1 at the weekend. Uh, these are their three goal scorers, Dane. Uh, Licky Martins, who obviously was from Barcelona. Uh, Grace Guerrero, who we wanted to sign. And Ramona Backman, who used to play for Chelsea. You know, three obviously huge names and great players. And I know we've got great players as well, but this this is going to be a really huge test, isn't it? Yeah, it will be a real test. I don't know how is 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 Bookman a starter now or because when I every time I sort of tuned in before, she she didn't seem to be playing. I don't know how regular her uh I think they have got some injuries. I think she's in the team at the minute. Oh more yes, I Yeah, I think at the minute she's getting Starting, yeah, I did think Drew Spence scored at the weekend, so yeah, you did, yeah, obviously, it'd be massively interesting. You know, we, we all knew that you know, I did, I, I wrote what I wrote in a small bit in in about about our, our last what we thought was our final piece of a jigsaw, and that and those last couple of days leading up to the transfer window, and that the, the, the uh. The negotiations we were trying to do with PSG, but apparently they were shutting the door every time we 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 come calling. They they was hanging up and not particularly interested, even though her contract is is slowly running down. But yeah, they obviously we know their talent, don't we? we you know we, we've been watching Chelsea in the Champions League for a few seasons now, and we're going to take note of all, all the other teams, all the other dangerous teams. And yeah, it's going it's going to be a test. It's going to be a test, and you know we can go through their team. Uh, like we could go for hours and pick out all the stars and, and, and what we think, but it's going to be it's going to be a good matchup. Yeah, it is and Jane. These are the sort of these are the nights that you know, we want the club to be involved in, isn't it? That's why we signed you know all these players this summer is to be competitive in fixtures like this, and it, it's sort of great that we get this test early on because when we, if we get to the latter stages, which hopefully we do this season, um, we can use this experience, can't we? Yeah, Emma Hayes definitely signing all these players in the summer was determined she's got one aim this season and that is to get to the final um, and I think it's good that we've got so many players because we've got the options to rotate come Sunday when we play Brighton we've got the options because we've got a big enough squad we can give the players the rest they needed yeah it's going to be a, a really fun game to watch I think um, is it still on the YouTube is it still free this season yeah it's on YouTube and the kickoffs. It's eight o'clock English time. Yeah, um, a good one. Hopefully we'll see some pictures come through from you from Paris. Um, how many are going, do you know? Um, there's five of us that are going together. And yeah. then whoever else has decided to go and not said anything. Well, hopefully a few more than just five. There'll be five of us for sure. Yeah, there'll be five. We'll be making lots of noise, though, I'm sure. Uh, we'll be <laughs> on the YouTube 
yeah, uh, Dazan, I think it's Dazan or whatever it is, yeah, that YouTube channel. Three on there, according to the good people of Mixler. Um, I'm not going to do a team prediction because no idea, um, unless Dane's written one down. He's got his pen in his hand. Well, no, I, I, I was going to go with literally what I said. I'll go with Berger, uh, a bright Buchanan and Ericsson as a free. I like what you said about the wing backs per se as the right wing back. I'm going to have Guru doing a job as a left wing back. I'm going to have Aaron and uh, Sophie sitting in a double pivot. And that's going to leave Harder, Kerr and James as roaming. I think. And I hope that's a 10. But is it a three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, yeah, yeah, 10, 11, yeah. Yeah. I so think unfortunately, that... uh, yeah, Fleming misses out. Yeah, I think that oh the zone is how it said apparently. Um thanks, Rich. Uh I think that James doesn't play. Wrighton plays where James is, Perise goes on the left, and Mielda plays on the right. Mm. James, what about you? I don't have a clue and I don't <laughs> want to guess. Yeah, for the, for the best. But I'd say burger and girl, that's the only one I'm sure that's gonna start. <laughs> Yeah, well, unless she's injured and we don't know about it. Hopefully not. Um, score predictions. I'm going to let Dane go first because I feel sorry for him this week. Uh, Dane, go on. Do your score first. Uh, PSG 1, Chelsea 2. Positive. Jane? I'm going for 3-0 because I'm going to be... <laughs> I'm positive and I'm not going all the way to Paris to lose. So PSG, I'm going 3-0. Because your history in France is pretty terrible. Following Chelsea. You know, 3 0. Interesting. I'm going to be boring then and say 1 0. As does Chelsea Dever, 1 0 as well. So great minds. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five year warranty. And with a bench full of all star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Think alike. Um, we might do a podcast about PSG, probably not. Um, but we'll talk about it next week if we don't do one uh, in between time. Uh, and obviously we'll be back to talk about the Chelsea versus Brighton uh, defeat probably because that's what Brighton are like the annoying team that they are um, so sadly that is all we've got time for this week if you want more from us you can follow us on Twitter at Mokings Meadow me at Dean Mears Jane at Jane Chapel X and Dane at DWIT9 we're also on Instagram at Went to Mokings Meadow uh, don't forget to check out the our YouTube videos um, I haven't done one for Everton yet but I will do uh, link is in the description box um, Jane good to see you enjoy your trip 
to Paris. Hopefully the five of you um, have some success out there. Yeah, no, it, sh it should be a good, good day out. Yeah, and I will see you Sunday for the trip to, to Crawley for Brighton. Yes, yeah, see you Sunday. Yeah, and Dame, good to see you again. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, enjoy tonight. It's obviously straight past. Just looked down nine fifteen, so over a good hour. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm ready for bed. I don't know about you. <laughs> I'm not. I always get a second wind about nine o'clock. I'm a, yeah. I'm crap when it comes to sleeping. Yeah, that wasn't an invite, by the way. <laughs> Just well, snuggle that. up, and you'll uh, help me get off. That's not too loud, so you wouldn't enjoy it. <laughs> um, well, thank you to the people in Mixler for joining along with the chat um if you want to do that as well we'll leave the link in the description box every tuesday 8 p.m we will be live if you follow us you'll get a notification that we've gone live um and by the time you log in i would have sorted out the audio so you won't hear lots of feedback um of us talking um that's all from us thanks for listening until next time from kings meadow to wembley keep the blue flag flying high